I would pay probably upwards of 100 quid and watch Eric Cantona walk on stage, put his collar up, say the Seagulls line, and then just stand there for an hour and a half. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave with your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Now then, you're welcome along. So Dan McDonnell and Gavin Cooney with us this evening as the curtain comes down on another international window. We have a slight tangent after eight o'clock. And as I'm sure you've seen over the last 24 hours or so, female inter-county GA players are very much at odds with their respective associations. Dr. Eva Lane and Maria Kinsella are big advocates for women's GA. They will join us at half seven to explain all. Michael McCarthy is here in studio. Hello. Hey, Joe. And Richie McCormack. Hello to you, Richie. Joe, pardon me if I'm distracted for the next few minutes. I don't know if you're aware that the first Ashes test is down to a knife-edge finish in Edgebass and England needing two wickets. And I think the Aussies need 15 runs. They uh, need 11 runs, runs me. 11 now, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seven overs to go. All three results still possible in the last hour of a five-day test match. It's magnificent. It's literally as exciting as it gets if you... Even if you're not into cricket, I think, if you've been paying any attention to it, it's amazing. Yeah, it's class. It really is. So how will we handle this over the next half hour? Uh, I'll try to let you know I, how it's going. I don't think it'll last a half hour, but we might keep, keep an eye on it, a loose eye on it. Is uh, one uh, the clear favourite at this stage, or is this on a knife? Australia no. would be now, they've, but they've two Australia bowlers in there yeah. batting. If, if England get one of these wickets, I think the second one will follow. Um, so it is that, it's, it's kind of that exciting, but I think they've just got runs there. They look like they've got a boundary. They've now seven to win. I would say Australia are likely to take it from here, but 2005 Ashes written all over this one. It's been exciting since day one. Okay. Uh, England are playing a new style. Uh, Richie, you'll have to tell me the name of it. I've forgotten it. Basball, yeah. is it? But yeah, Basball. Basball. Um, uh, basically playing one day Stokes, style yeah. in test match, which has sort of never really been seen before. They declared on the first day, which is like unheard of. Looks like it's going to come back to bite them here. There's been rain. There's been basically uh, exciting sessions all the way through. It's actually been brilliant, I have to say, oh. the whole way through. Wow. Pass me by. Yeah. This can happen. It's been a lot of sport on, Joe. Well, that is true. <laughs> That is true. So a slight tangent coming at you at 8 o'clock. We'll have Dan McDonald and Gavin Cooney on the way after 9 as they uh, assess what has been a tricky few days for Stephen Kenny. We'll get into the news round because I know your first story is uh, Ireland related, Richie. The news round, as ever, brought to you with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition is available now. Stephen Kenny says nothing is impossible regarding the Republic of Ireland's hopes of Euro 2024 qualification. First international goals from Mikey Johnson and Adam Ida helped Ireland collect their first points of the campaign at the third time of asking with last night's 3-0 win over Gibraltar. Next up for Ireland is a September window that takes them to Paris and then has the Netherlands visit Lansdowne Road. Johnston was asked by Ron Nathan after last night's game if the players were cognizant of the pressure on their manager. And any any um, any league any any country football there's always pressure if the, if the results don't come we've obviously played against France uh, tough opponent um, to get a result there probably going to win the group um, and we've also had Greece away which we never really got going but we, we definitely believed we could have got something from that game um, but look we need to bounce back we've obviously tonight we've came we've got a result that we needed to get um, and going into the next the next couple we need to get another couple of results as well your manager has had to deal with some speculation about his future over the last few days. Have you discussed that as a, a group? No, I don't think that's that's something to talk about, external things. Um, 
I've talked about this before. If you if you listen to everything that's going on the outside, then it'll, it'll get you nowhere. Uh, we have to just focus on getting better, uh, improving as a group, and getting results. We need we need results ultimately. Obviously, we want to play good football as well, but we need to get results. Mikey uh, Jinky Johnson there. I presume is that his nickname at club level? I don't already? know. I was just, I was I, I called him that one time and was uh, being uh, I was described as disrespectful. Why? Because <laughs> you know. <laughs> What? Only one nickname for can be a little bit weird sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a tribute. He's the definition of jinky winger. Yeah. I mean, second name's Johnson. What more do we, like, I mean, <laughs> low-hanging fruit people, come on. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's an exciting player though, isn't he? He's like, we've, we've needed, we've, need, we've needed a Mikey Johnson for a while um, and he did change the game last night but mm. I, I suppose it's grim enough that the game had to be changed. Hell of a first half. God, it was awful. <laughs> It was bad. I did, uh, as I was sitting there and I was looking at Roy Cipollina, who at 40 years of age was taking some time out from his customs officer job to mark Evan Ferguson. I did find myself thinking, God, it would have been great if you were born in like a Luxembourg or Gibraltar and you just get to play international football. (laughs) Yeah, but you'd always lose. It doesn't matter. I watched the Gibraltar team come out onto the pitch in their tracksuits before the game. They're all just getting selfies. Yeah. Time of their lives. He was 22 when Evan Ferguson was born. <laughs> and he still played against uh, him in football. God love him. You know that when age sets in where like you, you never really straighten your legs anymore? His legs were always just bent at the kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> Does that happen? I'm not sure. I, uh, yeah, yeah, my legs, I wouldn't yeah. say he could straighten his legs. He was just bent at the knee at all times and the back obviously, obviously was hunched over. He yeah. played 35 minutes. So I presume the deal is, Roy, get out there. Give us 35 <laughs> and get the hell back in. <laughs> Kept Ireland scoreless. He gets a clean sheet. He does. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting affair last night, I would say. Um, it was one of those ones that, <laughs> you know, it's like if we were playing Greece second or whatever, you know, you'd have that sort of excitement or whatever. Whereas if, when you're playing Gibraltar second, come like the 75th minute, I'm like, I can't believe there's 15 minutes left. Yeah. I just want this season to win, never mind this match. Mm. Yeah. Athens just loomed so large that uh, it all felt a touch academic last night. Uh, like Gibraltar were the worst team I've seen in the EVA. Ireland were just obviously going to win. It was just a matter of time and how right. almost unsatisfying it would be. Like, I'll be shocked if Gibraltar score a goal across this campaign. Zero threat. They're just technically <coughs> and physically so far off it. So it was... Uh, all right, stop having a go with Gibraltar. They can't, they're <laughs> doing their best. <laughs> First thing you want to play for country. them and then you're doing them down. It was... Uh, well, no, I, I do <laughs> want to play for them, but I'm running out of time. You and um, uh, does what? What does the guy who used to play for Stoke still play for them? Danny Higginbottom. Higginbottom, yeah, really fifty. No. Yeah, but like no. so is your man well, played centre half. You can't have Danny Higginbottom and Roy Chipolina play in the centre <laughs> defence. You just can't. Combined age of ninety. <laughs> uh, so it's grim, but uh, Athens still looming large. Richie, uh, this feels like um, pretty close to fatal blow for Stephen Kenny. We'll talk a bit more with Dan and Gavin Cooney on the football show. What are your observations on the last couple of days? I'm tired, Joe, mm. if I'm being honest. It's, it feels like a cyclical conversation that's a one or two no conversation pretty constantly for every international window. <clears throat> and the, the, there is no hope for massive improvement and there is no hope for qualification generally anyway. Um, so I think you just kind of need to lean into the madness a little bit and take the victories where they come and take the individual performances and individual landmarks like Adam Eda's first goal and Mikey Johnson's first goal and the pl- and the performances that came with them in the second half and just lean into it because <clears throat> the, the change in manager that people want 
that they like having their minds out there if they think they're going to get rid of Stephen Kenny does not exist. And I think Dan and, and Gavin touch on that a little bit with yourself, um, particularly for the money that is is or rather isn't available to the FAI. Um, the caliber manager that would you know r- require an uptick in performances as dramatically as people think might happen just isn't going to happen. Um, international football is not the pinnacle of football anymore anyway, and we are probably where we are in the group. Um, deservedly um, so you just kind of just have to accept and, and, and move on um, a little bit but the the general mood music around the whole thing is this cyclical oh decent result oh poor result so should he go should he stay I'm just, I just, it's exhausting more than anything else at this stage really is this one feels a touch more beginning of the end I would say yeah, I'd say yeah, like so. on, on Friday, on Friday night, it felt like the the the, the ground, the, the the solid ground, was starting to crumble away from beneath Kenny's feet. But then you look what Greece did last night in Paris. Like they kept France to a single goal, which was only a penalty ten minutes into the second half, and they played the guts of that game with ten men. So, like there is a bit of perspective has to be added to all of these things, and as well with Gibraltar, everybody else in the group has beaten Gibraltar three 0 That's the accepted result against Gibraltar. So. Like this, we we're, were probably the third or fourth best team in the group. The results so haven't been there under Kenny, though, and I think that the, that's why every game has been a referendum because it's results versus performance versus bad luck versus good luck and so on. We were hockeyed on Friday night, and that's the first time I've really seen that. And we were very, very lucky not to lose that game by three or four goals. And that's the thing that was undeniable about Friday, and I think that is why it's different, Joe. You know, we've had lots of bad results. Let's face it, we've had a lot worse results than losing two one in Athens, actually. Yeah, uh, I think under Athens Kenny, but this, it was, was a particularly big on, on the tactical outmaneuvering. Yes. So yeah. very much on Kenny, more so than maybe other defeats. Uh, a lot of people very interested in the cricket. Finally, some people with taste love the cricket chat, lads. Yes. Says uh, Texter, and Stephen says, "Is there any chance of keeping the cricket updates coming, lads? Not near TV. Australia- so the, the entire Ashes is coming down to the next several minutes. Well, the entire first test of the five Test Ashes. Ah, for God's sake! Well, sure, each test matters in its own Who right. Who cares? The first of five. Well, this is this is uh, Birmingham's you could, you could, only one. Yeah. Stephen, check you your could phone. Have four We're more moving on. off. This could ultimately be decisive, John. Before wrestling draws, or could end up in rain. No, you could so end up with four draws. Yeah. I thought we were like locked at two-two. I was wondering why this had passed me by. Exactly. Well, I've got four of these. Do you know what this is a beauty for? And we might talk about it later when we talk about Roy McIlroy and everything like that. The beauty of long-form sport because they don't always reward you, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to it, yeah. there's. Joe, I just walked into the studio here leaving an uh, office full of people gathered around our really small TV that we have to watch sport in and outside. <laughs> and everybody's hooked on every ball. Okay. And like we wouldn't be known as a cricket mad office, I would no. say. And, you know, it's five days comes down to it. The fact that all three results are available, you know, in the last half hour of a test match is so rare. Um, really exciting stuff, you know. What's the update then? Stephen 276 uh, for 8 are, are the Aussies they need 5 runs and there's uh, they're into the last 10 overs of this game there's 6 overs remaining yeah, uh, up today's play so it's, it's, it's going to be Australia's oh, it's they, they need 5 runs from. this isn't even tense they definitely win their captain mm-hmm. Cummins is uh, batting with their spinner Nathan Lyon they've, they've got mm-hmm. a really big partnership here it's like 39 and 15 they've been out there for ages but they need it's an they unbelievable need, achievement they actually. need 5 runs from 10 overs I think they'll just no, need from two like wickets. six overs or something like that. I six think, overs, yeah. Six no, overs. No, they, will, they won't be a draw at this stage, no. Okay. Uh, Gary O'Neill, next Ireland manager, says uh, Fred and YouTube, yeah, I mean. Gary O'Neill being sacked, by the way. It was one of those busy sports days and then we were doing the live show. It was just, there was a load of like, Gary O'Neill being sacked just seems like the world is unfair. 
Mm. Like it's probably it's probably Bournemouth doing the right thing ultimately, and bringing in you know a manager that they had their eye on, and it was an appointment. But it just seems like he did an unbelievable job, big time. Yeah. I mean, is it a results business or not? I don't know. I don't. Sometimes well, they lost I think, their last four, so you know ah, yeah. they, were they were safe they, though. They were that happens beach. to that, every that, team that, like that. Yeah, but that that happened. That happened, that kind of momentum carries over to the next season. I've seen it so often where teams are mathematically safe two, three games to go. Uh, they do. They are on a run of defeats, and it's just like it, it happens. It's Arthur, Arthur Odi so just said in my ear. He has no proof of that. One hundred percent do. Uh, I guess uh, though, if they saw enough potential there, let's back him over the summer, and you know, I, I think he might warrant benefit of the doubt. It was a squad that wasn't necessarily good enough to stay up as well. It's not as if they were like, oh, yeah, you know, time. he came like it was a squad that was like marked down twentieth. Let's move on. Scott Parker basically said, Look, "We're terrible. We're going down. Know, yeah. This is the worst squad." In <laughs> they the probably Premier made a history. good decision to get rid of him, but <laughs> Scott Parker just didn't imbue the side with much belief. They felt. Uh, very well, Scott enough. Parker managed in the Champions League last year, Joe. So let's not forget that during the last season. That is true. That is true. You know? No flies on Scott. So um, Scotland are playing this evening. Yeah, they are indeed. They can extend their unbeaten run in competitive games to eight tonight. The last team to beat them competitively were, of course, Ireland. Steve Clarkside hold a 100% record in Euro qualifying uh, Group A. That's ahead of the visit of Georgia to Hamden Park. Kickoff there is in half an hour's time. Lads, you should get Don DC on for the next a slight tangent. It would be ratings gold. Might not be allowed on pre-Watershed, though, says Mick and Cork. Well, he was on OTBAM this morning, and I think he cursed every second word for about a seven-minute segment. So I don't know if our beat button <laughs> is quite up to the task. If you're not familiar with Don DC, Ashley O'Reilly was outside the Aviva Stadium last night, just stopping uh, the punters on the way in, uh, getting a feel for the vibe out there, the mood music. Uh, Don DC, I think, has given the greatest... Fox Pop interview maybe of all time possibly it's going to be hard to beat it's very hard to beat and it's on our social channels I could try and do it just as now that would be churlish and pointless in fact let's just play Don DC out at some stage over the next two and a half hours yeah we can do that um, and so the lads had him on this morning for cursing <laughs> on AM and uh, Lightning did indeed strike twice Don DC gave the greatest interview I've ever heard on <laughs> Off The Ball uh, this morning so you know uh, he would be ready to just hand over the last hour of the show to him altogether yeah. yeah what was the thing he was saying about uh, or his wife said to someone in the street oh he went like he was like oh uh, to, to talk in the jar this morning did you hear it yeah I did yeah yeah they stopped and someone said are you married to that madman that said, lunatic yeah, yeah. She's like, she, she said do you still, know what though he still, he still, makes, still me makes, laugh. makes me laugh she said he still makes me laugh in bed oh did I miss that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say wasn't it lovely actually and no, no, I didn't realise that that but was but then he was like but I'm rubbish I'm rubbish at it but I'm funny or like, oh, like it was it was a, it was a ride no pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended, I said. Oh, wow, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, has the inevitable happened here in like the first of five? Edge of my sister. No, they still four need four more. more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the tension's unbearable. Uh, this next story, Richie, I think probably hasn't had the attention it might have otherwise. So people yeah. maybe are gen- generally aware of the, the headlines. You have some detail for us? Yeah, the FAI have reaffirmed that they will be reporting uh, the racist abuse of a Republic of Ireland under-21 player to FIFA and UEFA. Yesterday's friendly with the Kuwait Olympic team was abandoned after a Kuwaiti player allegedly made a racist remark towards an Irish substitute. The Kuwait FA have denied the incident occurred, saying the game ended early due to uh, unnecessary roughness. But the FAI insists the comment was heard by a number of players. Under-21 manager Jim Crawford says his players made the correct call to leave the field of play. After the the hour mark we believe there was a, a racist incident that we're certainly not going to stand for one of our players was racially abused and it certainly upset and annoyed 
a lot of our players and when I found the details about it you know we we, we as a whole group decided that there's no way we're going to play this game and I do have to commend the level of maturity that our players showed everybody was calm about it and you know we stepped aside we wait we waited out on the pitch until Kuwait had left the, the dressing room area and you know it was a real disappointing end to our international window but I do think we cannot tolerate this type of behavior in society in sport and you know for me what we did was the right thing to do and it's something that we certainly with the under 21s group is something that we stand for couldn't argue with any of that no i'm actually really proud of them for taking that stand because how many times are we listening to these stories and about how the you know the process of warnings remember we were talking about vinicius and stuff a few months ago and how mm. awful the system is the only way to stop this is to walk off and not participate in the games and you know you might even lose a couple of battles at the start of that and UEFA might come down or whoever might make wrong rulings sooner sooner or later teams not playing sport because of racial abuse is going to stop racial abuse at uh, in sport you know it, it's the only way to do it um so for a group of kids uh, playing for Ireland to make that decision you know to back up their teammate I I'm actually really, I I think that's the um I'm really proud of them for doing that you know because that's not something that we see often enough I would say uh, Rich, uh, Shamrock Rovers news. Uh, yeah, three more runs required, Joe, by uh, the Aussies in Edge Baston. But Shamrock Rovers won't know their first qualifying round opponents in the Champions League until Friday week. Stephen Bradley's side were drawn to face the winners of the preliminary rounds mini tournament, which involves the champions of Andorra, Montenegro, San Marino, and Iceland. They play uh, two semi finals and then a final in that mini league. Rovers' eventual first leg will be played on July 11th or 12th, with the second a week later. Dundalk, meanwhile, will be at home to Bruno's Magpies of Gibraltar in the first leg of their Conference League first qualifying round. Derry City will go to the Faroe Islands to play Torshavn in their first leg while St. Pat's will go to Luxembourg for their first leg with Dudelange Now uh, GEA have confirmed it's very much Crow Park for the quarterfinals yeah, all four All-Ireland Football quarterfinals will be played at HQ. Two of those fixtures will be played on Saturday, July 1st. The remainder, the following day, the draw for the quarterfinals will be made, of course, this coming Monday. Finally, Michael, after uh, six months of shadow boxing, <laughs> we've got actual boxing. GA Football Championship is boxing. Well, it's all knockout now, isn't it? Like, you know, I think there's something... The, the Galway-Mayo... Uh, draw mm. is nearly the best thing that could happen to the future of the championship and uh, as in the the this group if how long however long they stay with this system because i think it will wake teams up to you know don't lose games in the championship because you will be punished for it and it's the only draw that actually could have made that happen after the results that happened at the weekend you know so uh, delighted for it it's going to be mad that one of those two teams are out mm. you know i feel like if i feel like if it was do or die both of them would have won at the weekend Australia have won by two wickets, everybody. Oh, there you go. There you go, all over. Won the Aussies. Yeah, wasn't that exciting? Winning runs from Pat Cummins. Uh, it was exciting. <laughs> Just because you don't think it was. doesn't mean it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, I went from thinking it was the culmination of the whole five-test series to... Just the first. Oh, what a battle. captain's performance! This is going to be in the. You know when Mike Atherton is sitting there when you're flicking through Sky Sports at two in the afternoon, hmm. and Mike Atherton will be talking to someone sitting across them. This will be like Cummins and on his captain's performance hmm. when he held off the England attack for the last five minutes of the, the last two hours. Not if they lose the Ashes. Hold love, love, who knows? 
Yeah, you may be right. <laughs> but they might win the Ashes. They're one nil up now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Galway may I totally agree. And I mean, it's the it pretty much is the first must see football match of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose it depends what you're looking for. Like you know, the like okay. the, the Ulster final and stuff like that. Yeah, for but again, it, well, it's the first. It's it's in the first round of knockout games. <laughs> so yeah, it certainly is. But uh, no, I, I think this weekend is going to be really interesting. It is sort of funny that like for all the talk of the Talton Cup kind of maintaining its, uh, you know, the the Crow Park Sunday on RTE and how uh, it was probably being a bit overprotected that. <laughs> They've gone completely the other way and put Galway and Mayo on the other RT channel right in the middle of their two games. Okay. Uh, so. so Sunday was meant to be very much the preserve of the Challenging Cup and RT. So initially yeah. the Master Fixture List had all six All-Ireland Championship games the hurling and the football all down for Saturday with the two Talchic Cup games on Sunday. Yeah. Hurling was going to be on RT on, on, on Saturday, the Talchic Cup on Sunday. Um, with GEA Go likely getting if not all the games, then it, all the televised games. I was not 100% sure how it works. It's kind of disputed, but I think they were all supposed to be on GEA Go. When Galway Mayo happened, the decision came out that it was basically a bonus game in Ortiz's uh, coverage or rights deal, the 31 do you, games. Do you think there was a degree across that in terms of the crossover between the GEA Go board and the uh, power brokers at RTE? If we don't have Galway Mayo on television, all hell's going to break loose again. It felt it felt like there was a definitely a decision made that based on this being too too big a game, yeah. And also they couldn't put it on Saturday realistically because Galway are playing Tipperary in the hurling quarterfinal, okay. so it almost had to move to Sunday. Okay. Uh, so then, like, just for them to put it on there, sort of three o'clock in the uh, in right in the middle of those two Talented Cup games and on RTE, it's just it's just interesting. And like, I mean, I don't know if now is the time to go into, it, but there is an in, like there's a there's an interesting conversation to be had in the fact that you've got the GEA, the RT, GEA, RTE and GEA Go, which is RTE and, and the GEA almost operating as three entities when they're in fact they're two organisations mm-hmm. and how those deals work and so on and so forth. It might be worth, one worth talking about some other time, but uh, if you paid your 80 quid for GEA Go for exclusive games, one of the reasons might have been for the big preliminary quarterfinals. Mm. Yeah. No, I still think it's much better than it yeah, is on, on so. terrestrial TV, to be honest. I'm not arguing the other point, but... Yeah. Mick McCarthy calls for Mayo Galway to be behind the paywall. <laughs> I paid my 80 quid. <laughs> I deserve preferential treatment. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, Chelsea just got exactly what they need, Richie, which is another player to hang around the training ground. Absolutely. Although, to be fair, to be fair, they do need strikers, so... They do. Uh, they have confirmed the arrival of striker Christopher Nkunku from Orby Leipzig. This had been mooted for quite some time. Uh, the France international has signed a six-year contract at Stamford Bridge after the Blues triggered his 60 million euro release clause. Nkunku scored 16 goals and provided six assists in the Bundesliga in the season just ended. Lads, did you cover Leona Maguire's insane back nine and win? I missed the show yesterday, says Jim. Uh, Jim, yesterday we were bringing you the Republic of Ireland against Gibraltar live. And that was just Ooh, too electric to deviate from. <laughs> so we didn't really touch on Leona's insane back Unbelievable. and win. There should be like a Christie Senior at Royal Dublin plaque for what she did at this golf course. Really? Well, she, in the last six holes, she had uh, four birdies and an eagle. Incredible. To win a tournament. Yeah. It's pretty tasty. Rory could have done with that. Ah, uh, well, you stop now. Come on. He could have won birdie. <laughs> birdie since the first hole, yeah. Uh, interestingly, she was talking afterwards and she was paying tribute to Padraig Carrington, who spent time with her last summer and 
taught her a few little chip shots and shots around the greens that oh, cool. came in very handy so she said I'm going to have to catch up with Podrick again very soon which I thought was uh, really interesting Brilliant. Solon Cup year? Yes and Ryder Cup year Yeah I know but and she will be uh, sorry yes um, <laughs> probably Europe's best player Yeah which is kind of mad really It is yeah so she's a two time winner now would she have a chance now would you, would you be saying like she has a chance at a major Yeah if it wasn't stupid long I think she wouldn't be right, the longest okay. player. Okay. But does she have a chance and does she have a winning edge and would the others now not like to see her lurking there on a Sunday with nine yeah. holes to go? Yeah, I think she has that now. Okay. So it's That's very exciting. Step, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the Greek game, the Greeks, both times they scored, decided to stop attacking and defaulted to defending. They could have hammered us if they kept attacking. Uh, yeah, I mean, that we went in one all at half time was a miracle. Is mm. it the first time I think that Ireland under Stephen Kenny had got more than they deserved you know? yeah yeah absolutely yeah. it could have been very ugly and and I think we'll get into it with Dan and Gavin but perhaps the biggest reason maybe that people have lost faith in management on the back of Athens is that that situation was unfolding the formation was clearly not working it was gifting the game to the Greek fullbacks and there wasn't a change until half time yeah and, but for a bit of luck Ireland could have been you know out of the game completely by half time and that would have been very much on management so that lack of in-game managing this, of the situation from the sideline it just doesn't bode well for the future it was also a, it was also one that like needed to be recognised it was as you said it needed to be recognised on the pitch and changed immediately but it was also a predictable problem and that's what is as worrying to me is you know I don't know too much about Greece or how they play and I'm not like a whiz kid on formations and how the, the space is filled on a pitch in the way that like people really, really are these days. But I still knew that that formation just didn't make sense in an away game against a team like that. It just didn't, it, it, it just left the midfield completely bereft, like, you know, so, mm. um, so strange. And that's that's what a kind of a, a, a camp in Turkey over however long, the longest he's ever had the players together, that's what it produced mm. it's just a very strange situation uh, one text in something we might come back to as uh, clock comes against us the current All-Ireland structure makes it impossible for fans to plan ahead previously you knew if you won you'd be playing on a certain date we won't know quarterfinal day for next weekend until Monday morning therefore impossible to plan with work etc is an anonymous text it'll be on Saturday and Sunday it'll be two games Saturday two games Sunday so you might know what day is, your team is that is true I think quarterfinals were always kind of only announced maybe there was two weeks ahead instead of one week it's all back maybe. to back now but just there's not a huge amount you can do about it I, maybe the four teams could be assigned their days now the four teams that are already true maybe. but the other teams still wouldn't know yeah look I, I take the point uh, texter I suppose when you say it's impossible to plan work etc I guess they majority of people are off on Saturdays and Sundays I'm not one of them so I, you know, I would share your sympathy but um, I guess there's a sense that five, six days when you have a vague idea it'll be Saturday or Sunday and you know people. it's in Crow Park I mean the, the quarterfinals are probably one of the least problematic issues yeah. <laughs> of all of the like I mean the yeah. you know there's a lot of like you're the, at the back of the queue if we're talking championship well, structures issues the fixtures didn't come out yesterday until like nearly like two, three o'clock late enough anyway definitely okay. mid-afternoon by the time they got everything out yesterday like that is late for games that are on Saturday no fair point yeah. uh, we are out of time Richie McCormick as ever thank you very much nice lads cheers Michael we'll see you back for a slight cheers. tangent